worthy is the Lamb. <clears throat> you can tell your neighbor you're debt free. Your debt was paid. That means you owe the devil nothing. He can't lean you. When the debt's not paid and you can't pay, you get repossessed. Or you can't get repossessed. That's the ultimate freedom. I have nine pages, and I, I know I'm not going to cover them all, but I couldn't stop writing and looking. Um, but I want to lay some things out about the book of Revelation. We always look at it as a controversial book, <clears throat> but I want to look at it as a, to what it actually says. There are several themes in this book that I think are greatly ignored. There's the theme of the seven churches, the theme of the seven seals, the theme of the seven trumpets, the theme of the seven visions, and the theme of the seven veils or vials. There's the vision of Christ, the vision of the throne, the vision of the seal, the sealing. There's the vision of the angel at the golden altar. There's the vision of the mighty angel whose face was like the sun. There's the vision of the measuring of the temple. There's the, there, there, there's the panoramic vision of the sun-clothed woman. I mean, it's, it's amazing the pictures that are in this book. No, this is not all, I got this out of Philip Morrow's book. The vision of the company standing upon the sea of glass. One preacher told me years ago, Pastor Les Preacher, he says, the sea of glass is a representative of peace. There's no disturbance. And he sees the saints standing on peace. The vision of the woman on the ten-horned beast. The vision of the fall of Babylon. The, heaven, the vision of heaven acclaiming the approach of the marriage supper of the Lamb and the vision of the new Jerusalem. The book is full. Um, I, I want to, this is not in my sermon, but I want to give you this because I think this stands out. There are... Um, There's the seven blessings on the church who hear the word. But then there's a further blessing in this book, and it reads like this in Revelation 14, verse 13. And I heard the voice from heaven saying, write this. Just think of this. The Father saying, I want you to write this. Blessed are 
the dead who die in the Lord. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and the deeds follow them. And what he's saying is this. These are happy situations. This is the happiness found in the book of Revelation. It's not a book of dread for the saints. And I find that intriguing. Another one is in Revelation 16. Behold, I am coming like a thief, happy and blessed and joyful is the one who stays awake. There are six post-blessings after the churches in this book. This, this, This book is just an amazing book. There are I uh, looked up this morning. I didn't really realize what was in it, but Kevin Connors has a book on interpreting the book of Revelation, hermeneutically interpreting the book of Revelation. And this one author he includes in there records all of the Old Testament, New Testament uh, passages found in the book of Revelation. And I thought, wow, my thought wasn't wrong. You see, in eternity past, the, the, the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. That's where it all started. And then, and then God sent his son and began to fulfill the Old Testament in time. And so we have the Gospels, we have the Epistles, we have the Acts. And the book of Revelation begins in eternity past as a lamb that was slain. brings about the Old Covenant, which reveals Jesus, establishes the New, demonstrates heaven's power in the book of Acts, and interprets it in the epistles, and then the revelation takes all that and culminates it. It's the culmination of all truth, and it's the end of some truth. For instance, Satan met, okay, I'm ahead of myself. Satan met the lion and the lamb. He also met the son of man, and he also met the word. Jesus is represented in those four things in the book of Revelation. The son of man, the lion, the lamb, and the word. These are major themes in this book that unlock the keys to understand what God will allow us to understand because there are mysteries in this book I'm not sure you and I will figure out. So the, the, the book of Revelation incorporates all encompassing magnitude effects of the cross has an eternity past present, and future. The cross was in the past, the cross is in the present, and the cross is in the future.
And it all culminates in the book of Revelation at the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's kind of a panoramic, brief panoramic view. So, Because of the cross, the book of Revelation authenticates and reveals the fulfillment of all that is written in the Old Testament, New Testament. The cross is a central figure of all truth. Every truth had to go through the cross. There's no truth established outside of the cross. It's amazing because here, here's Jesus' response. When Jesus was on trial, he made an eternal prophetic announcement to the high priest. During his trial and before his death, he reveals to the high priest that irrespective of what you do to me, you will see me in my eternal position of power and authority. That's found in, in uh, Matthew 26, verse uh, 64. You have, in fact, said, but more than that I tell you, regardless of what you do with me now, in the future, you will see me. Hallelujah. What I find in that is Jesus had such confidence in the word. He had confidence in the will of the Father. He had confidence of the outcome of what he was going to go through. And that confidence lives in us. He is our confidence. No matter what we go through, we must put our confidence in Jesus. The lamb slain before the foundation of the world. I believe that God heard the sound of shed blood. Because blood has a voice. That's kind of the earthly scene. But let's go to the heavenly scene for a moment. Jesus is received, is revealed, but he is also the revealer. In Genesis 1, Jesus is the one revealed. He has been revealed in various pictures in the book. In the book. Not in our mind, in the book. The pictures of Jesus. Post-cross. And when you read the book of Revelation, it is post-cross reality. In other words, we see the effects of the cross and its final effects are revealed in heaven. And so when we read the book of Revelation, we see the culmination of everything Jesus died for and everything he has authority over. 
I want to just give you a brief introduction, then I want to go into some of the points that I have. <clears throat> he is revealed in chapter 1 when John heard this voice and he turned and he looked and he saw things. He saw the image of the Lamb. And so post-cross, Jesus is revealed in this particular image. And it's found in chapter 1. You know, his hair, his garment, his feet, his hands, everything about his death. He stands in victory. And he's standing in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. And he interprets the candlesticks as the churches. So right now, he's right here. He's right here. And no matter what the conditions of those churches were, he was there. He was there. And he's still there. Hallelujah. We are his purchased possession. If you have a purchased possession, you ain't about to leave it. We are his purchased possession. I'm standing with you is what the message is. And so the church back then was under great persecution. And so the book of Revelation comes into existence and culminates all things. And to reveal to the churches the power of the cross and the victory in the cross for every believer. It is the place that Jesus returned to. And this place is mentioned one, two, three, four, five, four times in the Old Testament. <clears throat> you, in 1 Kings twenty-two nineteen, the word of the Lord I saw sitting on his throne. Psalm 11, verse 4, the Lord's throne in heaven. Psalm 103.19 establishes his throne in the heavens. There was an Old Testament picture of Jesus in heaven to where he returned to. And he who is at the throne of heaven we're seated with him there because we are his purchased possession. God, through the book of Revelation, he opens the heavens to expose by revelation the complete eternal work of the Son of God. I'm going to show you the finality 
of the cross. I'm going to take you right to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Next week, that's what I'm going to preach on. The cross and the marriage supper of the Lamb. Because without the cross, there's no marriage. Hallelujah. Are you saved? Are you purchased by the blood of the Lamb? Has he made you righteous? Or do you just think your religion will get you there? It won't. He didn't purchase your religion. He purchased you. I don't know why I said that, but anyway. The revelation of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, is revealed. God exposes the all-encompassing magnitude of victory the Lamb achieved by his death on the cross. There is nothing that hasn't been defeated. We don't walk around trying to defeat the devil. We walk in the victory over him. We can't replace or improve the work of the cross. We can't make it better. It's the best. The chronology of the book of Revelation is very interesting and revealing of the cross of heaven's activities. When you start in the, right in the very first verse to the end, heaven's activities are revealed. And the cross and the lamb are the center. Babylon the great will meet the lion, the lamb, the son of man, and the word. The harlot will meet the final destiny that the lamb, the son of man, and the, and the, the king, or the word, and the tribe of Judah, the king, they will meet him. Revelation exposes all that to us. The dragon, whatever enemy there is written in this book, they will meet, they will meet the son of man. They will meet the, the, the king, the, the tribe, the, the king of the tribe of Judah. They will meet the lamb. They will meet the word. And guess what? They will be dealt with according to soul. As it is written. We are those who rejoice in the book of Revelation. We see the victories. We see God saying, I see this. I see that. I'll deal with this. I'll take care of this. There's nothing that God is not going to take care of. It's a complete work. And it's eternal. It'll never, it'll never change. What he said in here, what he said in this final book is never going to change. But it is going to happen. So to me, our, as our standing in Christ, 
when we read the book of Revelation, what do we see? What do we hear when we read the book? Do we hear dread? Or do we hear hope? Because Jesus standing in the midst of all those churches was their hope. No matter what condition they were in, he was presenting himself as their hope. Amen. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. And he that overcomes, he will. That's the hope that God has for us right here, right now. The book of Revelation is real now, right here. There are some things that are future, but there are some things that are here right now. The Lamb of God is in our midst. Clothed with his white hair and his garment, all arrayed with the garments of heaven, his feet shod with peace, Can you imagine him coming to the lukewarm church shod with peace? He didn't come with hostility. He spoke words of truth, but he came with peace. Do you know that peace is the first state, is the first characteristics to offer hope? You can never offer hope without peace. His unveiling of the divine mysteries when God the Father gave to him to show to his bondservant believers the things which must soon take place in their, in, in their entirety. And he sent and communicated by an angel, a divine messenger, to the servant John who testified and gave support, supporting evidence to the word of God and to the bondservant and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to everything that he saw in the vision. What does that say to me? It says to me, I want to give evidence to what I read. John did. I'd like to testify what I read. My lamb is alive. The lion is ruling. The son of man defeated the devil. That, that's a whole sermon in itself. Man fell, one man, Adam, fell, and he passed sin upon all mankind. But one man, he took on the form of man. Think of this, the man, the lamb, 
the word, and the lion are one package. <laughs> wow. I'm stumbling for words. The man of God exercised the lion in the humility of the lamb. and fulfilled the word. Now, that fits you and I. We can walk as Jesus walked, as a man. We're not Jesus. I'm not saying we're going to be Jesus. But we can walk as a, as a lion. We can walk as a lamb. And we can walk in the word. Because it says that he made us kings and priests unto our God. We would never have our priesthood or our kingship if the cross failed. But because we're purchased by the king of kings and the Lord of lords, we're brought into his kingdom. We're brought into his rulership, but we're brought into his dominion. And as, as, as God said to Adam, take dominion. Be a lion. Walk around like a lamb. And allow the word to flow through you. <clears throat> I haven't got to the points yet. I'm just trying to decipher what I'm going to say here, so just give me a moment. <clears throat> if you can imagine John on the island of Patmos in prison for the testimony of Jesus, and he gets taken up into heaven, and he sees all this stuff going on, and all of a sudden, he sees somebody sitting on the throne with a book. And, a, and an angel crying with a loud voice, Who is worthy to take the book and to break the seals? And nobody steps forward. And John begins to weep. He begins to weep. Why was he crying? Because I believe in the realm of the spirit. <coughs> I believe in the realm of the spirit. He understood the significance of that book being opened. And somehow or another, I believe there was a witness in his heart that there were things in that book that were yet to come to pass and they needed to happen. And he was emotionally moved when nobody could take the book. And the elder said to him, don't cry. The lion 
of the tribe of Judah. Why not the lamb? No, no, the lion. When the lion breaks the seal, the authority of the king goes into motion. The dragon, the beast, have met the prevailing lion of the tribe of Judah. This is all because of the cross. Jesus paid the price to liberate the whole world from Satan's possession, ownership, and control. And the whole book of Revelation shows the liberation of God's house from everything and ends up at the marriage feast. Glory to God. Like, I mean, I, I don't even understand all this stuff, but God does. Look at the lion in you. But activate it with the lamb. See the son of man in you. Who actually defeated the devil? He who lives in us defeated the devil. Stop going around trying to defeat him. He's already defeated. The Bible says resist him and he'll leave. We spend a lot of time, lots of Christians spend a lot of time fighting the devil. And you know what? They're fighting a war that's already won. It's like going out and beating yourself up for nothing. And all that dwell upon the earth. Here's a connection. All that dwell upon the earth shall worship him. This is amazing. This is the impact of the cross, the power of the cross. And I, in, in Revelation 13, and I saw on his head as it were wounded to death. And this is, and they worshiped the dragon. This is talking about the dragon, which gave power to the beast, and they worshiped the beast, saying, Who was like unto the beast? Who was able to make war with him? <laughs> Good question. Well, they met the one who made war with him. I'm looking for a particular verse. What time is it? What what have I got left, David? Three minutes. One of the verses in the book of Revelation reveals that everything that exists in heaven, in earth, 
in hell, in the sea, wherever it is. Say worthy and honor to the Lamb of God. The power of his victory has affected every aspect of the fallen world. Another revelation that's important for us to see is this. He is revealing that the absolute deity of heaven now possesses the keys of death and hell. That's why we can have eternal life. The book of Revelation exposes, this is important, what the Lamb received after the resurrection. That's an interesting study. If you want to just just read that and you'll you'll discover what that is. I don't have time to go into it. The revelation of Jesus became the reality of life in heaven and earth. And he became who he is so we can become like him. The promises are entrenched by the oath in the covenant. He purchased every promise that is available to you without cost. The Father has eternally validated the promises by establishing them in the new covenant by the death and shed blood of his Son. I'm down to the last page. We live in a secured covenant established by Jesus. The covenant maker, the covenant keeper, and the covenant activator. The heavenly vision is the true picture of divine relationship with God in all, now, in all the earth, everywhere. This is not some religious concept of truth, reality, truthful reality. It is the life that the Word of God reveals. It is all about knowing Jesus personally and adhering to what he has said as life's priority. God pulled back the veil to reveal the Lamb. His book reveals the worship of the Lion and the Lamb. 
Rejoice that your name is written in the book. In conclusion, we live and breathe a victorious life because of what Jesus accomplished and received. We function in who he is. When we function in who he is, we become who we are. Let me say that again. When we function in who he is, we become who we are. We are now joint heirs with Christ, and uh, we're now joint heirs with Christ, the, the one who reigns forever over everything. We are joint heirs of his victory. We are joint heirs of his conquering power. We are joint heirs of his humility. We are joint heirs of the Son of Man who overcame the devil. We are joint heirs in the word of God. We have the lion and the lamb living in us. That is Christ in you. The hope of glory. And the final verse is this. If you then be risen with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. God bless you. Pastor David.